The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the book the Bible as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Uh, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and um, you can check us out there. By the way, for our guest, we, we're having some technical difficulties connecting here. I sent you the correct number in the chat, <laughs> the the number there that's uh, the ends in the nine eight five five. If you can call in on that, I'll, I'll pick up on there, and we'll get we'll get the audio going. Um, the um, I jumped over. Sorry about that, guys. This is what happens when it gets a little 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 sketchy in the morning when we have uh, an issue uh, connecting here. So um, bear with us. 
I'm going to jump around a little bit and move a screen so that we don't have a, have an issue there and I got to answer the phone. All right, so there we go. All right, I think we're connected now uh, and we'll bring our guest up here in just a moment. Uh, but on the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There's two videos at the top. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you missed that, you can watch that up until three o'clock this afternoon, which time he'll be on. And then the right side is where we're streaming live. All you got to do is hit the play button, blow it up on your device, rumble icon in the bottom right hand corner. You can click on that and join us in the chat. We're also streaming live to rumble sons of Liberty radio live. That's where we stream to also before it's news.com top of the page there and dlive.tv at the sons of Liberty right up under that. So we can sign up for a newsletter. Uh, you get one email from us a day. If you would like to have, um, if you would like to have uh, our ministry email, that's at sonsoflibertyradio.com, okay? So you can pick that up there. Also, uh, if you agree with our message and you would like to help support us, not only in the internet and radio, but out among the people, uh, Bradley goes out and has a great presentation. If you haven't seen it, really good, really powerful. Um, and if, you would, if you'd like to help us in that, there's a donate button at the top of the page. You can make a one-time donation or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also there. Our store is there. This week we're highlighting uh, the DVD, To Spit Against Heaven. Again, this is about the, the homosexual agenda um, and what's there. And look, I realize all homosexuals aren't alike. They're committing the same sins. Don't get me wrong. But some are more militant than others, and this one will show you the militant ones. Boy, when and, and now we're seeing those who used to keep it in the closet, they're coming out and they're being emboldened in that. And the fact of the matter is, all of it is targeting the younger generation, our children. That's who they're targeting. And uh, so Bradley, in this video, um, you know, exposes that for what it is. There's a donation of $20. Uh, for that DVD normally, and this week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get 25% off when you use the promo code SPIT. Okay, pretty simple. Use SPIT and you get 25% off of that. That's through Saturday at midnight. Now, there's a couple of things, and, I, and when we were trying to work through some of these difficulties here, um, I meant to bring up my Rumble channel because there was a couple of videos that I wanted to, to, to bring to you that I found really, really interesting, okay? Um, and... I'm doing that now, sort of live. So let me give you a couple of, of headlines here from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. They even hate her. They even hate her. This is what it looks and sounds like when the mainstream media loses control of the narrative. And this is concerning Ilhan Omar and her appearance there with that singer in basically a predominantly Somali, uh, Minnesota era there, area there. They booed her off the stage, and then they tried to cover it up by cutting out the boos. As though she's really accepted. She's not. She's a, she's a subversive. Uh, many, in fact, I think we had, uh, who was that we had on the other week, who was bringing a, compl a complaint, one of the ladies who's running for office up there, uh, bringing a complaint against Ilhan Omar as to whether or not she's even a U.S. citizen, whether her, her quote-unquote naturalization was even legal. So that's going on as well. Also, you guys saw the big news. Explosion rips into depopulation monument, Georgia Guidestones. And if you're unfamiliar with the Guidestones, I know many of you are who listen to the show. And those of you who listen to Red State Talk, Talk Radio, you're familiar with, with the, uh, the whole idea 
of uh, the depopulation, the murderous intent. I mean, there's no other way you can say it. You want to keep the Earth's population at 500 million? Um, yeah, that's a murderous intent. Okay, um, one of those stones was was dealt with, and then they came back. Just got the videos uh, late last night, and then this morning, where they brought in a uh, a demolition. Uh, vehicle to to tear that down. So they've torn the whole thing down. Now, some people say, oh, well, that's a that's a good thing. I've seen people calculate numbers of dates and all this and say, oh, this is Q. They're behind it. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Um, it's interesting. This is the Georgia, the state of Georgia's Bureau of Investigations video. Now, here's what's interesting to me. If somebody set an explosion there and they had a camera sitting here, now you can see the time, time frame here is the 6th of July. It is at 4.03 and 37, 4.03, okay, a.m. If they caught this, did they not catch somebody who was planting these explosives? I'm just curious because we only got like a seven second clip here. Did they not catch who put the explosives there on the camera? You would think so, right? I mean, the explosives didn't just peer out of nothing, right? But anyway, this was, this was what it caught. And here's, what I, here's an interesting thing. Um, you know, they have all these Masonic, and I don't get into the numerology and stuff like that. I'll leave that up to somebody else. That's just not my, that's not my thing. But I find it interesting that at 4.03 and 33 seconds, that's when the explosion happens. For those of you online, here it is. And you see, you see the timestamp there. That's when it took place. So, who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Yeah, I, I'm of the same opinion. There's questions. Why not show the whole thing? Um, but this is what they, this is what they gave us. Kind of like, um, you know, that little shot that they had when they said, oh, this big plane flew into the Pentagon. And there's about two frames where you can barely make out anything. And it doesn't look like a plane that's coming in there. It's the same kind of stuff. So even if you believe this is the Q stuff, ask Q to give you the whole video so we can see who actually put it there. If that's what you believe, just I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, let's let's do let's do that. Also, SonsLibertyMedia.com. If you didn't get to see uh, the show yesterday, uh, lots of information and there's a ton of bonus videos in there too. But the information is there, and uh, Lynn was gracious enough to put all that stuff together. She ran through it really fast. She said, I know we have a whole bunch of stuff, but be sure to check that out. Also, Dr. Steve Kirsch, he offers to help pay the pay costs to test all pilots on, a, on U.S. airlines for cardiac issues. He's offering to help pay for it, a relatively inexpensive test just to make sure that they, their ticker's good, right? And uh, no takers have yet. Also, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, Highland Park mass murderer Bobby Cremo tied to socialists, progressives, Antifa, and the occult. And then government intentionally causing the public to suffer. A new law out of California takes 70,000 truckers off the road. It isn't like we're not having issues now. We've got ding-dongs out there writing laws to take more truckers off the road. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But you can see... This is all planned. And then SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, Uvalde mayor blows the whistle. Officials engaged in cover-up of police response to shooting. You think? You think? Now, here's the thing. I've got a lot of bonus videos that are going to be coming up today. Some of these are here. Uh, you'll see here that they were in yesterday's uh, show's archive. Okay, But I've got a lot of other ones that I'll put in today's. Now, today, 
We're bringing back a guest that we've had on before, uh, David Toulis out of Tennessee. He's uh, dealing with a case there. Now, um, when we had him on before, he was giving us some understanding as to what was going on, and uh, we asked him to come back. Uh, had a, it, was, it was an interesting thing. You remember when I told you about blessing people and stuff, and I sent up my blessings, and David was one of those who responded to me, and uh, we got to talking again, catch up a little bit. And so um, he said, I've got an update if you're interested. So I said, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll do that. So David is joining me from Tennessee. Uh, good morning, brother. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And we had a little technical difficulty. So David is sort of on Zoom and on the phone. So if it sounds a little different, that's why uh, we're making do with what we can do. And uh, David, tell us what's going on. Uh, can you remind people who may not have been here with us when you were on the last time, can you re remind people a little bit about what you're dealing with there in the state of Tennessee? And then we'll get into the update. Well, I'm the investigative journalist in the radio business who sued the governor. Uh, many, many days ago, about 600 plus days ago, sued him for fraud. And that was because he was ignoring the main law uh, regarding infectious diseases and, uh, and, and the so-called COVID scam, right? The COVID scam is understood by you to be, be a fraud and uh, not, not, a real, not a real condition. It is just a version of the flu and symptoms that are dressed up by the by the elites to to manage you know, to bring a new layer of management upon global populations and he violated uh, this uh, this law uh, it was 847 days ago March 2020 and uh, I've been in court with uh, Governor Bill Lee a conservative Christian man ostensibly for 643 days and uh, right now I'm working on my appeal to get into the into the Supreme Court after Four judges in two levels of courts uh, have issued uh, altogether four, uh, no, five negative rulings against me. And um, what I what I hope we can talk about, uh, Tim, is is the kind of the useful information that I'm getting from this case. And I and I want to be as much as possible useful as opposed to just giving a report about what's happening in you know one of our 50 states. Yeah, and 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 we want to have that too, David. Um, that's but but I think it's important for people to kind of understand what you're involved in, and then tell them here's the here's the thing I'm going after, and why that can be helpful to them. What the solution, how it can be helpful to them. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, there, really, what you're dealing with is you're taking it uh, to the state of Tennessee, of saying, wait a minute, our governor just went and you know overrode overrode numerous laws. Uh, engaged in a tyranny against the people, and we're trying. You're trying to bring them back into compliance with that, and bring justice in the matter. And so, how are you doing that? Well, this this is a, a Christian reconstructive labor. It is a charity labor on my part. I'm I'm doing all my legal work and uh, taking uh, crowdfunding donations to help cover my my expenses while I'm you know not making sales calls and so on, not getting commissions. But uh, what what I'm trying to do as a as a Christian man and a Christian libertarian, uh, actually, you'd say that I w I'm a I would class be classified by someone looking at me as a as a classical free market uh, free market capitalist liberal constitutional sort of background. And what I'm trying to do is restore the Christian basis of of law in Tennessee. And that law here is typical of what you have in your state. I mean, we all of our all of our legal systems in the states have a Christian antecedent, and you can see biblical demands, you know, from Deuteronomy, Leviticus, uh, in, in, the, in the structure of our law. For example, uh, the law in Tennessee, like in your state, 
is uh, is really applicable only to the wicked, uh, either criminals or, or civil torts, or those who are uh, you know in the household of Caesar, and that would be the agencies that run the government. So the, the statute in Tennessee controls the government. All right, it's a statute applies to the government. And if you're if you ha- if you're not a licensee or exercising a state privilege. You're not subject to, to government, and it has nothing to do with you, nor you it. So you know, it's like Romans 13, where uh, the, the the judge is the standard uh, in the judicial ethical jurisprudence of the scriptures, and he he waits for evil things to happen, and then he's empowered to act. Right? There's no executive power uh, in biblical jurisprudence. In other words, it's a totally free market with the courts securing rights and property and uh, and, and and life even. And, and, and imposing the death penalty on capital offenses and restoration, restitution for you know, non-capital offenses. So that's the judicial principle. So government is passive, and in our state and your state, uh, the statute controls the operation of government. And the, the law in Tennessee for infectious diseases has uh, six, six main requirements, as I determined, and the governor ignored them. And the main, the main point in this uh, body of of law, a very short provision, it's 102 words, is to establish a determination of the cause of the contagion. In no state, Tim, have governors done that. They they all just skip the step where they have to make essentially uh, a determination, which means, i.e., an isolate, have an isolate of what they're fighting, right, what they're scared of. And there there are no isolates uh, of for uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, the movie, a recent movie called Viral Delusions, makes that very clear. There's no isolate and no determination has been made. And in this case, the governor and the local official I sued uh, in a petition for writ of mandamus uh, says that either uh, they are, uh, she's exercising discretion to ignore the law, and he, the governor, is not under, quote, any duty, unquote, uh, to obey the statute. So there, uh, and, and the reasons given are very frivolous. Well, the statute doesn't name him, therefore he has no duty under it and things like that. So I'm saying, uh, no, you can't be a tyrant. Uh, uh, the, 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 the wrong, uh, done to us here and to, to you and your state is that the governor, um, essentially said, well, I, I'm, I'm making decisions apart from law. I'm imposing police power, uh, without a warrant, without a lawful, legal cause and as my 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 language has been without a uh non-fraudulent exigency in other words the necessity has to be there but it has to be a a lawful necessity okay so that would be acting with police power once you have a determination of what you're fighting in the in the name of public health so it's like a cop tim who arrests you right without you know having seen you commit a crime without a warrant without an articulable suspicion, you know, like in those YouTube videos, the arrest videos, you know, what's your lawful articulable suspicion to stop me, right? To ask me my name, that kind of thing. So there has to be that that cause, the legal cause. And here in Tennessee and, and probably in your state, the governor didn't have that. He's just he just arrested the population. Uh, in Tennessee it's six six point eight million people. He just arrested the population without a lawfully established reason. And the only way he could have gotten the reason in our in our state is by complying with the statute and showing that he had complied with it. But I, you know, I nailed him uh, before I filed, determining that he had no, has no evidence, and she, the local official, no evidence of compliance with the statute. So you know, that means that I want the judge now to force them to obey it or force them to show cause as to explain why they haven't obeyed it, or maybe I've misunderstood, right? So the judge is supposed to bring us together immediately in an emergency action 
you know, like two days later in chambers to say, okay, you have not obeyed the statute. What's going on? That's, that's what has to happen in this case. It's an emergency case. Yeah. Well, you know, in our state, one of the things that we had was, you know, government McMaster uh, declared, oh, essential, non-essential businesses. I don't know. I've called five times to get a response from his office. Where's your constitutional authority to be determining who's going to open their business and who isn't? I've told people they need to. This is what the this is part of what the Second Amendment is for. Arm yourselves. Get together with those in your community, like on your boulevard or whatever the case may, your strip mall, whatever it is, and say we're going to protect one another. If the cops come to enforce something that's unlawful, then we're going to stand and we're going to say no. You're not going to do this. Uh, they, the people have to stand and push back against what they know is lawless. Can't get people to do that. We have the Supreme Court justice uh, <clears throat> wanting to impose on all of the court buildings the idea that well, before you come in, you've got to put a mask on and you've got to have a temperature check and blah, 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 blah. You've got almost got to prove you don't have whatever they say that is going around, which they haven't, like you said, no isolates. The, the Chinese haven't isolated it. The CDC hasn't. The Canadian government uh, hasn't done it. Neither has the British government. None of them can prove SARS-CoV-2 exists. And so he, they're saying you can't even come in here and do that. And I said, I'm not complying with that stuff. And, of course, that affected me and how I was dealing with some things in court. And I had a sheriff's deputy even come out and say, well, what, this is, you know, this guy gets to make that decision. I said, where is that in the South Carolina Constitution? It's not there. Well, we're just following our, our you know, our orders. That was kind of the, the example. And I said, no, you're not. You're supposed to uphold the Constitution. And I said, I'm to be presumed innocent of, I mean, we're, we're not even talking about a crime here. I'm supposed to be in, innocent of a, of, a, of a crime until somebody proves me guilty. So if you've got if you've got something that says I got something that's highly contagious, can kill people and stuff like that, I'm willing to see the evidence. But if you say, well, you've got to submit to this, that, and the other, no, that's not where it's coming from. And I think you're giving the same kind of thing that's coming there from the governor. Am I am I correct? Is that what you're stressing? Right. Well, the, the word presumed is the key word, yes. and I think the remedy that we have, and I think I think it's important. Uh, to be to make you know this conversation as useful as possible, it's important to remember that that uh, that the other side, you know, the good people as I call them, can't operate just on presumption. They have to operate on facts and evidence and causes. Okay, and these have to be of a legal nature. And and, and um, in in when the officer sees you going down the street in your car, uh, he has to have a lawful cause. Right, you can't just have a personal opinion, a personal animus, a suspicion. Well, you know, he's the wrong color. It's a criminal car, and you know, I saw him once in front of a store where there was a robbery, and so I'm, 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 he, he tends to make me suspicious. Well, these are not lawful reasons, okay? There may be private, subjective rationales, but they're not lawful reasons. So, we 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 have to understand that they law, at law can't act without these reasons. So, I'm holding them to account to that to that standard, and, and the fact that this case has gone on so long. You know, for 643 days, an emergency case due resolution in two weeks shows that the system isn't working and that justice is, uh, especially equity, which is in the field I'm suing in, equity doesn't exist in Tennessee. It's a very corrupt state, and it's corrupt when you when you see uh, we have a case with interest. Okay, many of the decisions that are that I've read in, in different fields here in Tennessee are very good. They're very good. There's good law, but when there's a case comes up where the interest of the the judges is in play, uh, things suddenly stop working. And and here, as in the other states, the judiciary cooperated with the executive branch. And the executive order from the governor, Lee, here, 
on on the 12th of March was followed the next day by a similar so-called executive order from the Chief Justice, Jeff Bivens, saying, well, we're shutting the courts down uh, and we're, we're going to preserve, quote, core constitutional rights. Well, unquote, well, there's no such thing as a core constitutional rights that they're going to protect. That Does that mean that there are other rights, Tim, that they're not going to protect? I think that's exactly, no, I think that's exactly what it is. They're demonstrating, I think this, this whole COVID-1984 stuff has demonstrated to us that our own, the, the people in our state, many, well, some of them are unwilling to defend liberty for the sake of saying, well, I was hired to protect the people. No, you were hired, you were voted in to uphold the law. We'll protect ourselves just fine, thank you very much. I don't need mommy and daddy doing that anymore. I'm a grown man. I don't need you protecting me in that. And again, that's what they presume on. They say, we're supposed to protect the people. The only protection I see that they offer is they're supposed to deal with the bad guys who violate the law. And it seems that's the one thing they won't do, David. They want to... Even when they, they render justice, it's not a biblical justice. They're, they're going to charge the families, the victims, and everybody else three hots and a cot you know, for the guy to spend the life in prison if he kills somebody, if he kidnaps somebody, if he rapes somebody. And then they're throwing them in there for all kinds of things that, aren't, that shouldn't even be their, their pretended law. People have plants. They're, they're throwing them in there for that. All these kinds of things. So the thing that they're supposed to do, they're failing to do, and then the things that they're not supposed to do, that they're supposed to be limited to by either the U.S. Constitution or the state Constitution, they're doing, and with right, well, with impunity. Right. Well, they're, they're, the, the courts reject justice, which in, in the biblical ethic you'd have to say is summarized by Lex Talionis, and that would be, you know, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, limb for limb, stripe for stripe, wound for wound. Right. And, that, that, and you know, the judge, by force, by sword, imposes that on the, the wrongdoer. And and what that that picture there is not of harshness really, but actually real justice. Where if you know an arm costs an arm, or the let's say the financial equivalent of the arm, if that is acceptable to the the victim, right? That's as as North points out in his uh, in his uh, excellent treatises on uh, on law. That that is what justice is. Absolutely. But the thing the thing I want to just highlight the word used earlier uh, presumed presumption uh, in in the operation of modern state is virtually all of what they have uh and that that would be in many criminal cases i'm guessing being a reporter that covers courts and running a law blog i'm guessing that probably 90 percent of cases criminal cases are brought against uh, you uh, on presumption and often with serious serious due process defects and our defense always when it comes to police or tax authorities or uh, someone making a claim of, against someone who doesn't have a, an alleged license, our, our claim always is um, that uh, you know that I'm not subject to this privilege enforcement, and you're operating on presumption. You know, show me the law, and that's how that's how we defeat uh, whether traffic tickets. We defeat uh, other things not not on facts, but on the process that the other side has to follow. They have. You know, detailed laws, detailed regulations as to how they how they do their things. If you can catch them in one snare, one little snare, one little omission, that's the lack of due process, and that can you know that can slow them down or block the prosecution or the civil case against you entirely. So look, always look at the rules that the good people have to follow, and no doubt they've omitted something or they've misread something or they've added something. And uh, always against you. Right? The things they add and subtract in their rules and their actions upon those rules 
invariably uh, are against you, that, uh, to enable them and to, as they would claim against you, to impose some duty upon you, some deadline, some uh, some necessity upon you. And it's, again, just presumption, Tim, not real authority. Yeah, and that and that's the problem. But But for most people, David... They don't know the law well enough to to do it. Look, I'm learning things too. Um, my friend, Dave, who happens to be named David, uh, has helped me with a lot of things concerning equity. Um, you know, I don't I don't know the language to use, and I, I realize that's a that's an important thing to have. Uh, but you've got you've got something that you're using. We talked a little bit about it last time, and I know this is very important, and I think this would be very helpful for people. You mentioned something called mandamus, and then you talked about habeas corpus. Now, most people who are familiar with the Constitution would would understand the latter. They may not understand mandamus. Can you explain those two things that you're using in your case that you're bringing? Well, yes, and and I appreciate it. Uh, uh, habeas corpus is in the Constitution, and it shall not be suspended unless in case of, in, in right. case of riot or emergency or revolution. Then it can be suspended, but. Uh, so that is one of two great, great peremptory common law writs that you know rise uh, rise from uh, you know, from Anglo-Saxon days where where men wore fur and male armor and and uh, you know helmets with uh, horns on them, uh, and and uh, the, the the great the great remedies are uh, habeas to get the man out of jail without so to have the judge review immediately the claims against him if he's held falsely. And mandamus is the, the writ that commands the, the law to be obeyed. Uh, you know, uh, I command is what that means in, in Latin. And it's a, it's a powerful writ that, that doesn't require you to be personally injured by the harm that an official is doing because the harm in a mandamus case is to the law. He's violating the law. He has a duty to obey the law. Your Honor, make him obey the law or show cause as to why he is not obeying the law or what reason he has. And that's the show, or show cause hearing. So, uh, and, and it's powerful because you don't, have to, you don't have to show particular harm. Now, in my case, uh, I'm going into the details on the many mandamus cases, and there are, there are seeming grounds for the other side to say, well, you have to show personal harm, David Tullis, from what the governor ostensibly did. And uh, and so much of the, the dispute in the in the appeals is, uh, do I have standing? And standing generally is obtained by showing a personal, concrete, particular harm attributable to the accused uh, and redressable. So those are the three standards for standing. Um, and uh, and and I'm saying I have standing. They're saying you don't have standing. And the whole case here is to destroy, partly to destroy mandamus and and heap onto the remedy the standard civil standing uh, standard. And, and I'm saying, no, that, that can't be, uh, it can't be that now we're, we're shifting in mandamus action harm to the law back to harm to the individual. Because, you know, how do you, how do you show personal harm? And, uh, and, and it's, 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 it's hard to do. It's hard to prove. And that's what they're, they're saying to me. Well, no, 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 no. You, you have to show these harms. And, and I did. I had my my affidavit in support of the petition, which was a 32-page document, uh, has the five harms against me. Religious, press harms, false arrest harms, economic harms, due process uh, harms. And so in the appeal, I'm highlighting these harms. Uh, but mandamus generally is important to have in mind. And, and I'm apparently the only person in the country who has used this remedy 
a country full of lawyers, and none of them seem to know how it works. I think, though, the bar has hesitated to sue uh, with an effective and easiest remedy. It's the easiest remedy uh, as opposed to what they've done. They've done TROs, temporary restraining order requests. My Mine is simply, has the law been obeyed or has it not been obeyed? And it's, it's purely a matter of law. It's not a matter of evidence of you know, harm. I don't have to prove science. Uh, that you know that that we don't know what man, what uh, SARS-CoV-2 is. I don't have to get into any of that. I don't have to have expert witnesses. You know, long you know weeks long hearing not required uh, in this case, which is emergency. And uh, so that that's the other benefit for mandamus. It's an emergency writ, just like habeas is, and it has to be settled on the spot. About uh, Tim, you, you know, I was recently arrested. No, I didn't know. Member of the press. Well, uh, it was in November, uh, November 6th, I was in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, near Nashville, and crashed the secretive judicial conference. And uh, as part of the hoopla there, I was criminally charged. I got the charges dismissed, no probable cause. And uh, there are two two cases that have risen from this arrest. One was filed in U.S. District Court 24 days ago in Nashville by uh, an Internet uh, news outfit demanding the right to cover the upcoming judicial conference. And uh, it was a hearing. It was filed on Monday, and the judge ordered a hearing Tuesday, the next day. Uh, briefs had to be in by noon, and the hearing was set at 3. The next day after filing, okay, so that's an emergency petition. That's how mandamus works, the same speed, right? If, if, if an irreparable harm is about to be committed in that case where the editor and journalist can't attend the meeting, it has to be settled the day before. And so he, he denied the TRO request, but uh, I, I mentioned that just to show – uh, how urgent when you have uh, an irreparable harm threatened uh, claim in your in your filing, you get immediate attention. That didn't happen here, but uh, the mandamus remedy has that emergency element in it in the future. So, and and that it, it is the lightest case to file. It doesn't require a huge staff. It doesn't require a lot of research. So again, it's a common man's pleading, uh, and the state's mandamus laws are all similar to him. Okay. All right. So can you give us some examples when, when you would say, okay, I'm bringing this case to you and I've got all these things where you're, where I am harmed. Can you give some people some examples so that, because a lot of people feel that they've been harmed and they can kind of tell you what it is, um, sort of vaguely, what are some specific things that you say you're harmed religiously, you're harmed economically, this, that, and the other? Was this restrictions to places that you should, you could go? Um, was this you know trying to force you into something uh, to keep you from working or anything like that? Can you give some examples to people of what you're fighting there? Because your your fight sounds like it's not just about you; it's about everybody in the state of Tennessee. Right. Well. The, the answer, you, you sort of answered the question, the harms are all of the kind you, you named, for, named. For example, I was, I was a, almost arrested going into the courts building without a chin diaper on, and I cited uh, uh, newspaper, Richmond newspapers versus, uh, uh, versus Virginia as my grounds for coming in without a license. You know, I have a, I have a right to walk in to do my job in the, as a member of the press, and the five officers surrounded me. They said, you're going to be arrested now uh, if you don't put a, uh, you know, put a mask on. And I said, well, no. And, and so they, they violated, you know, they violated, they were going to violate more than one law to, to arrest me on the spot without a warrant. So that was, that was my lead, uh, my lead harm right there. No, you know, the press rights, uh, wrecked, uh, they can't establish a licensing system to get into the public building. And I had a right to be there. 
uh, as a member of the public and as a member of the press. So that that is the kind of harm. Now these these harms, of course, are all gone, right? They're all past. Uh, the case the case though still continues on, on principle, and some would say, well, it's a moot case, but it's not it's not moot because the issues have not been resolved. But um, but yes, and another one just not being able to to run a radio station when no one's going to do business, right? You can't you can't uh, maintain uh, you can't maintain business. You can't pay your bills, and and these are these are violations of contract. You know, third party impositions on the right of contract in Tennessee, and so those. And so if you're if you've been sued for or been evicted for non-payment, well, that's a harm, and so that that would be the kind of thing that that you would claim uh, either in a law lawsuit at law for damages that's would be a, a case at law or in my case in equity it's not for damages it's for the restoration of the status quo ante right the, the restoration of the law and limits on the government before the pretended emergency so i'm i'm wanting a ruling saying that you can't you can't have a state of emergency without the cause the cause would be of course obedience to the law the law on infectious diseases, which is disobeyed, is the cause. Now, that's your rationale and your lawful cause. Hey, we've done these things required in the law. Hey, we, we, we have to have a state of emergency now. Uh, that would, you know, that would have been you know, difficult to live with and harmful to many, no doubt, but it would have been a lawful emergency. And that's, you know, the best we can ask for. Yeah. Now, I've got a question in the chat, David. Uh, it says, has David filed a trespass claim for compensation against the man who arrested him? The arrest a the arrest a wrong right. I don't know what the last part is, but ha- has anything like that happened for the individual who who makes the arrest? Well, there, we're talking. We mentioned two or, two or one arrest here, one actual arrest, and, okay. and that would be my my trespass against the judges, and that was ordained by the Chief Justice of our state, Roger Page. And then the other arrest scene that I'm throwing forth here was trying to get into the building under the mask mandate. You know, despite the mask mandate. And uh, those, our, our law requires that in a case like that, if it's not a public offense and a misdemeanor, the officer has to get a warrant. And that law was about to have been violated in the threat to arrest me, and so I just I just backed out. I backed out of the building under you know bellowing officers shouting at me to you know, to not come back. Um, David, can I ask you something so, about that too? Yes. The, with the officers, have you found the officers to be? Even though you've you've had an arrest, have you found them to be belligerent, sort of Nazi brown shirts? I'm doing my job, kind of thing, or have you found them to be? Look, I hate doing this too, but I'm you know I got to do this. What's your what's what's been the officer's response that you've been in in touch with? Well, <laughs> the the man who arrested me in, in Nashville crashing the the conference, I warned him. I said you have to get a warrant. So he's personally liable to me. His name is William Orange of the Franklin Police Department. And he's very, you know, very decent man. Uh, but I said, look, you can't arrest me. You have to get a warrant. You have to get judicial approval for this. And I'm here by right. And I, I told him what my rights were, and so on. And uh, there is a lawsuit. I'm looking for an attorney in the Nashville area to handle, you know, a criminal, a civil case against him and his employer, and also the hotel chain where the meeting was held, and uh, and parties in the AOC, the the administrator of the court's office. So that, those are civil claims. Uh, the federal case that rose from my arrest, of course, is is not seeking damages. It's seeking an end of the judicial blockade, the the, the dark the dark site, you know, the rendition site of the Tennessee judiciary, where they plot uh, you know, how to screw the public and 
how to you know gazoozle their way out of justice uh, and deal with current trends. Those are those are what the things that happen in these conferences. But uh, as far as the COVID nineteen scam, uh, the officers were impossible to read. I couldn't read them. They were just you know doing what they thought was their uh, their job. But they they didn't have a basis for their arrest. And had they done so, they they had no basis. I was there by right, and uh, I just want to mention Tim. I think the the main thing to to deal with in cases like this in the future, the main thing that the listener should be aware of is establishing his administrative record. And you kind of brought this up earlier, defeating the ideas of presumption. You're presumed ill, right? You're presumed to be sick. Therefore, you have to get your temperature checked, and you have to, you know, answer questions and put your mask on. Those are all based on presumptions, and you defeat that by by a showing of documentation, inquiries, you know, demand letters of health departments and others who are exercising their pretended authority. Establish that administrative record. That's how you defeat, ultimately, in a case, perhaps, uh, the claim that you are sick and we, you know, we find you presumably ill without there having been a finding. Uh, but, David, in the midst of that, let, let's get to that, too, because you talk about health uh, things that are tied with the government. We have what we call DHEC, Department of Health. I forget what the thing is. Anyway, it's a health department developed by the government. I don't see anything in the South Carolina Constitution. I don't see anything in the U.S. Health, uh, Constitution for a Department of Health and uh, whatever it's called up there, too. I don't see any of that in our Constitution. They're not charged. They have not been given authority to determine anything about our health. I, I'm at a loss for where that's coming from in the first place. To me, we're hacking, we, we seem to be hacking at branches when we talk about these things, and the root is there's these, these unlawful agencies doing these kinds of things that we didn't authorize them to do. Now, I don't know in Tennessee, but I haven't seen it in the South Carolina Constitution anything about that, that we gave them authority over our health, which would give them authority over our bodies. I, I, do you well, guys have something in your Constitution that would do that? Uh, I would say I would say yes, and probably in your constitution also. And there's a there's a phrase uh, called the health, safety, welfare, and morals, and that that phrase is the basis of police power. Now, let me just quickly recommend a book here. It's an academic treatment. It's, it's called the Police Power: Patriarchy and the Foundations of American Government. And the author teaches at uh, I think uh, New York uh, New York College. His name is Marcus Dubber, and police power is a sort of unlimited extremely powerful extra-constitutional uh, power that exercises uh, in cities and counties across the country, and it is an arbitrary power, and it is a power essentially of property management where the people are viewed as property and managed there, there too, or there, therein, and they're also, uh, police powers uh, assert themselves in a preventative fashion to prevent wrongs from being done, right? So you have the drug war, uh, to prevent uh, addiction, right? Because you have to prevent addiction to prevent crime. So it's always pretendedly uh, for a, a good cause, again, in the health, safety, welfare, and morals of the public. Every state has police powers, and uh, they are, they are, you know, they, they seem to operate aside, and against, aside from and against the Constitution, Tim. And so, yes, your health department has, uh, has under that rubric, uh, the have a legal basis for existence, but you're right. We should, you know, as our country self demolishes and we, you know, hopefully God will bring you know, repentance in, in his judgment that these, and we reconstitute our, our, uh, our magistracies 
it will be without health departments because they have no authority really to do the things they've done. And we are seeing, we're seeing in the, the COVID scam the past few years, the, the excess is built into the current system. Well, and also the emergency issues, that's always a problem for me because where have the changes come? Where have the tyrannies really come? Not just in our country, uh, in our, in our various sovereign states, but also, you know, in history, we've seen it in other countries that there's a declaration of an emergency so that they can do the lawless things they want to do. I want to see that. I want to see the teeth taken out of that because again, I don't, I don't see that. In fact, when you're mentioning police powers, I'm thinking of constitutionally the only law enforcers we see in the Constitution are the militia, which are made up of able-bodied men. It is not the boys in blue or the boys in brown. It's the constitutional militia. And we've lost that. This is why I point back to people learning tactical civics. You can find that at tacticalcivics.com to install the grand jury. They, they'll have the power to indict. And then the militia has the power to go and arrest and do, you know, do the police powers. And I think when we delegate it out to guys that this is going to be their job, so to speak, uh, of policing neighborhoods and doing all these things, we may take good men. There may be, and I'm not trying to paint all guys who are policemen as bad guys. I'm not trying to do that. But we'll we'll give them an opportunity where that corruption can seep in because they're who's going to investigate them? Well, they're going to investigate themselves. So there's a lot there's a lot of things that happens to where these guys will engage in lawlessness and know that the fraternity of the brothers in blue are going to be more than likely be backing them in some of these. And we've seen it, you know, a little, Jesus said a little leaving leavens the whole lump, and we've seen that in entire police force. And in cities and such. And so I'd like to see us get back to where the people have, you know, take the rights that they have under the Second Amendment to take to do their duty before God and man. And that is to enforce the law. They, they get frustrated, David, when they don't see justice being done. They get really frustrated and they go, why aren't these guys doing it? And they think their hope is in their only hope is to vote a different guy in the next time or a different political jersey. But the reality is they're the solution to the problem. I think some of what you're doing there in your stand is being a solution to the problem, not hoping that you know a representative or a policeman or somebody else is going to fix it for you. You're looking to be the solution yourself, and that's what you're encouraging people to do. Right. Well, I, I do encourage that, and I, I do encourage people to, to know this, that we, we're, not, we're not living in the times of Caligula when the law was written in very tiny hand on a small card and put upside down at the top of a column, right? The law in your state is online. And if you do a keyword search, uh, let's say in our coming monkeypox disaster or some future disaster that they plan to bring upon us to serve public policy, right? You'd look for the keywords, you know, infectious disease, contagion, contagious, epidemic, and you'll find in your state the law that they ignored. And that's, that, that's all we can do. That's all we can do is force them to obey their law and force them to defend their actions against that law or apart from that law. That, that is all we have to do other than revolution. Of course, you know, Christian Reconstruction pauses things that are not dealing with confrontation at all. That's just like having big families, you know, worshiping, having private charity, encouraging people to be faithful to their commitments and marriage, things like that. So Christian Reconstruction, as, as Rush Jr. said, uh, is the, the hammering and the, the growling of equipment, uh, invisible, uh, under you know, not in view on the skyline, but that's the work being done. As the city is there, 
uh, being you know, self-demolishing internally, uh, the construction is going on all around it at the basis, and that, that basis is where the church is, is functioning like in, in all of our little towns and you know, where the word is faithfully preached, uh, or even partially faithfully preached, right? Even, even part, parts of the gospel uh, can have a salubrious effect on, on the people. But uh, I, I quickly wanted to mention a book. There's a, a writer named Roger Roots, and his, he's a legal historian, and his book, The Conviction Factory, is excellent. Uh, I've gone through it very carefully, just like I did the Dubber book. It's called The Conviction Factory, The Collapse of America's Criminal Courts, and talks about the, the disemboweling of the, the grand jury. The grand jury really should be our, uh, our government spoiler defense. It is the people, and it, a grand jury can ha- hold even presidents to account. So it's a very powerful machine, but it's, they've all been subsumed and come under the control of district's attorney, uh, and uh, they don't serve their watchdog functions anymore. But, but all, all around us, we've seen that. I mean, all, all around, Tim, the watchdog function of the guardian of the health, safety, uh, and welfare and morals of the, of the people uh, has been thrown aside, completely thrown aside in this panic. And so the, you know, the humanist hierarchy in, in its many areas is is uh, self uh, self eliminating in the past two years, you know, with great acceleration. Yeah. Now you've got, you've got a couple other things that I want to address here. Um, this you said basis of negative ruling lawyerly gazooling. That's that's an is that a word? <laughs> gazooling. Yes, I, I'm, I have a master's degree in English, and I have a, a nice collection of uh, of slang books. And gazooling is is. Like another word, flum diddlery. Flum diddlery and gazoozling are, you know, lawyerly noises that sound true and judicious and, and real, but are just noise and flack. Okay, and that's that's my the whole case against me has just been misdirection, misrepresentation, denial of the obvious. You know, denial of facts. Uh, I mean, I have I've had unbelievable mounds of due process violations piled on top of me. I can barely breathe. Uh, and that's because of gazoozling. It's a great word, and uh, that's what they do, and that's what a lot of you know politicians are gazoozlers. Yeah, I want to say supercalifragilistic, whatever. How you say that thing? That's what it's I want to say. Calidocious. Yeah, that that thing. <laughs> well, listen. You, I, let me let me give you an idea, Tim. Uh, okay. And and I'm 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 starting this week a new project, and just quickly, it's called uh, Lamp Post Reform. I noticed on Market Street down in Chattanooga that the lamp posts are. Posts with the ball on top with the bulb inside, okay? The reform for lampposts is this. We need to have lampposts re- revived and improved with a horizontal arm uh, out on, from one side, and at the end of that horizontal arm is another small bulb to add you know, more light to the sidewalk to prevent tripping and so on. But and the reason is you can't string up anybody on a lamppost that doesn't have the horizontal arm, right? Otherwise, if you, if you use what we've got now, Stringing up our local officials, they're they're you know thumped against the pole. We want to have them out in the open and suspended, right? Suspended. So we hang we hang our malefactors up by their thumbs or their ankles. Uh, you know, like Mussolini was uh, on his death, who was uh, suspended by his ankles. Yep. And, and his and mouth, his mouth shoved in with the grass. Yeah, they, well, they, uh, no, they beat him. They beat him. The, yeah, you're exactly right. Those, those are the kind of things. But people say, oh, that's just too violent. Well, they don't understand the violence that's being done to them by those who have assumed that they've been voted in office and then they've usurped their authority. They don't understand the violence. Well, I'm, you know, it's just for everybody's good. You know, that's the that's the that's the cry of the slave is to, you know, protect us, keep us safe, Mr. Government. Won't you do this kind of stuff? 
they don't understand they're coming from the slave mentality when they are the they are the the people are the sovereigns and the people who are serving in office are their are their employees they're subjects to them they're supposed to uphold the law and i think that's the that's the real key that we we strike on here at the sons of liberty is is the people have to relearn you know i think it was thomas jefferson who said a people can't expect to be free and ignorant at the same time it just doesn't work because you'll be taken advantage of so I know in my case, I'm I'm learning a lot, um, and there's got to be a place where I'm able to wield that knowledge, and I'm not really at that place. I can say, yes, I have this right and this, that, and the other. When it comes to the legal things of doing what you're doing like right now, I I don't have a good grasp on that. And so I think this is, you know, people used to understand this. They could go and defend themselves. You're talking about you can't get an attorney. We can't get an attorney to deal with Facebook for censoring us. We can't get one to deal with it. I don't know how many we've had. We can't get one that will take it and say, look, this is clearly a violation of the Sons of Liberty's rights, the individuals who are, who are there. We can't get people to do that. I don't know how you're going to get it for the other. I, the Lord has his people. I get that. But, boy, I mean, your fight is is worthwhile uh, there. And it's on behalf not just of yourself, but I want people in Tennessee to understand your fight is on their behalf, too, because when you win, that gets overturned for everybody. Nobody else faces the same kind of things that you were facing. Well, we want the standard in the, in the judicial rulings to be very clear on what the law is and who is bound by it, you know, who is subject to it. We want the judges to say the governor is subject to the law. That's all I want. You know, it's one sentence. The governor is subject to the law. That would be, that would be sufficient. And the governor, a good Christian man, would probably read that and say, you know, boy, I, I need to obey the law next time. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> Yeah, amen. Well, that would be that would be actual genuine repentance, wouldn't it? Uh, y- y- it would. That's right. I'm not asking for compensation or damages. Or, sure. you know, I just want things restored. Yeah, uphold, uphold the law, uphold your oath of office. That's what we want to say. Exactly. Exactly. Da- David, we're we're running up against the end of the show. We've got about a little under a minute here. Would you take time and tell people where they can find out about you and and uh, and your website? Well, uh, thanks, Tim. It's Tulis. It's David Tulis. Uh, I, I am crowdfunding my, my case. I've got a $1,000 bond uh, coming up, and it's uh, GoFundMe, and the name is uh, Tulis, T-U-L-I-S, Liberty for Tennessee. And I'm a blogger, uh, supposedly the blogger with the biggest pen, and the website that deals with law and a lot of traffic issues is uh, tntrafficticket.us. That's tntrafficticket.us, and that's where I write uh, about law and fighting, you know, fighting the traffic machinery. Okay. All right. David Tulis, thank you for spending time with us this morning. And if I can, if you can get you to hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. this afternoon. And uh, we'll be back with you in the morning at 6 a.m. I'll have a special announcement about uh, some change up on Friday. A um, little disheartening, but you know what? We're going to move forward and uh, do what the Lord's called us to do. And uh, David, I'll get that other one. We'll have his link, David's links up in the chat if you want to help him out whether it's the crowd funding or whether it's going to his website i'm sure he'd appreciate that and we'll see you in the morning lord willing adios